G'day and welcome to the shed of basketball truth that is Studio 3. I am joined by the one, the only, the Capitals women's head coach, Dean Asplund. How are you doing tonight, Dean? G'day, mate. I'm doing really well, actually. Thanks. That's the gear. All right, mate. Well, let's let, let's jump straight into this thing. We've got a big show ahead. We've got a little bit of uh, NBL One talk with, you know, you being here, obviously. Um, then a little bit of WNBL. A little bit of MBL, and we're going to jump straight into our bullets band of this evening. I got a feeling you might uh, might have some thoughts. A might few, have some thoughts. thoughts, and then of course head over for some MBA, and then we'll also we we do have a bit of a a bit of a bomb to drop a little bit later around our Crackham segment. So yeah, definitely stick around for that. All right, but before we get too deep. Uh, well, let's let's start with the same question I ask. You know, uh, all our basketball coaches and players when they come in. Uh, who's your junior club? Uh, interesting. Uh, I was never a club player as a junior. Um, that well, explains why. Uh, that's that explains how you bounce the ball. Okay. Yes, that's right, <laughs> mate. You haven't seen me shoot the ball yet. You'll really know that I didn't play club basketball. But uh, I came to the sport quite late. Um, I, I'm from a rugby union background played that as a as a kid uh, and right through high school and uh, I got into basketball because it was in a different season uh, and my mates uh, at school they were all playing uh, and I I thought you know why not you know it's over quicker you don't get hit as much <laughs> not, not quite as much normally yeah uh, unless and, you're playing uh, playing on the team that's opposition has Pat Bev on it but yeah. you know we'll get to that we'll get to that that's right uh, and then just um you know, ended up trying out and, and playing in some teams uh, while I was at school. But um, And then after school, just realized, uh, as we were talking before, that I was never going to be a player. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I love I love the sport. Um, and a way for me to get involved was I just started, you know, coaching um, and got, uh, got involved in that. And I was horrible as a coach um, when I started. And, I mean, that's not to say that I'm a great coach now, <laughs> but, you know... Um, like all things uh, evolve over time, but I can remember back and I was thinking about it recently, actually just some of the memories I have from when I first started coaching and yeah, I was, I was no good. Um, and if I saw someone coaching like I coached back then, I would, I'd give them the tap on the shoulder and say, Hey, that's not the way to go about it, but, uh, learn from me. But now here I am and it's just been a, it's been an evolution and I kept playing just in, in, in senior leagues around the place. And, um, there was never any, never any ambition to be something that I knew I was never going to be. Um, and yeah, so and just, just rose up and made some really good connections. And, uh, thankfully, you know, V-Dog took a, took a punt on me as a, a as an assistant uh, early on. Um, and we did a lot of rep teams at, at Brisbane, um, together, some, some younger teams. And then I took a little bit of a break from coaching and, and came back and, and did some assistant coaching stuff with V-Dog up at, at Rip City. Um, when they started off and really started enjoying it and then, and then came down here with Mike, um, when we, when we got, uh, appointed, when he got appointed at caps, um, in that QSL season, that was due to be NBL one and kind of just went from there and it, uh, here we are today. It's all just kind of lined up. I don't want to say lined up nicely. Um, but it's, you know, this is where we're at at the moment and 
enjoying every minute of it. Yeah, mate. Well, you, you did. You know, you are in the in the big chair now. Yeah, that's uh, right. You know, you came into a crew that you already had some knowledge of. How how important was that um, uh, throughout the the NBL one season just gone, as you guys really tried to make that push for the finals? Yeah, really important. Um, so a, a big part of my coaching has always been the relation relationship side of of things, and um, I was really uh, lucky to have a, such a great group of girls. Um, brought in and, and Vito did a really good job of assembling a really good, really good team and a really good bunch of people. And, um, so my job to start off with was, was very much a lot of that relational stuff and, and getting to know the girls and their, you know, their lives and what their you know, aspirations are both as, as basketballers and, and not basketballers and all their stuff outside of, outside of hoops. But, um, you know, it's always hard to see, um, a head coach, be removed from their position and you know to get promoted halfway through a season is really really hard and you never want to see anyone kind of be taken away from a job or lose a job or any of that but um thankfully to mike you know he'd prepared me really well over the over the years um and 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 watching him and learning from him was really beneficial um but it was really important that and it was really good that i had that relationship with those girls already coming into that um and then you know, just kind of a lot of things just kind of clicked and the stars sort of aligned and, you know, we, we really got made that really good push and, you know, you guys were there to see a lot of that and, the, you know, the girls are such such great athletes and such great people that, you know, mm-hmm. it was really important that we that we had that really good group. All right. Well, great, great memories, obviously, from the season. Well, what's, what, what's the one standout for you, um, you know, as they – they made that, you know, yes, it could have been deeper into the finals, but they did a great job considering where they were at the start of the season and different things like that. What, what's your one standout memory um, from the season and or, or of the team? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to it's easy to look back and, and, and pick a basketball memory, you know, or, or a game memory. It could talk about wins and losses, you know, beating Ippy by one or two on the buzzer really early. That's kind of where, you know, that was second game, maybe third game. That was where Abby really kind of announced herself as, Hey, like I'm, I'm that good, you know, um, uh, could be from, you know, being down 21 against Gold Coast coming back and, and, and winning one, that one, um, Southwest on the buzzer, North side in quarterfinal. You could talk about that, but the relationships that we had and, and formed and, and the people that we had, um, that that's what I'll take out of the, out of the group. Um, the time we got to spend, you know, on road trips up to Mackay, Rocky, we had two massive wins on that mm. central Queensland beat Mackay by 40 in Mackay, which never happens. Um, beat Rocky the next night in Rocky, which is really hard to do. Yeah. Um, but I guess one, if, if I were to narrow it down, the time we spent with the juniors and their families on court after, I think it was the last round against Northside. It was either the last round or the quarterfinal. They were, you know, they were both at our place back to back. I can't remember which week it was, but after the after the game, getting the girls down on the court to spend time with all the young juniors, especially the young girls that were there, and there was they had signs, and we got to spend time with their families. There's a really good photo I think that's on social media of you know the time we spent with or the time our girls got to spend with those families, and that's probably the huge takeaway because it's a massive part of our culture and and what we're trying to do at at Brisbane Caps as an organisation, and that was kind of you know, a moment that signifies where we're trying to go uh, and how far we have come. So that's, if I were to boil it down to one, more so than 
wins and losses. It's, it's memories like that, that are probably the most special. Yeah. That, that, as I've said before, is, is one of my, well, my favorite caps memory Mm. because normally, you know, the game finishes and different rounds. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, anything really. And Mm. people go home, you know, at the end of the night, not after this one, people were still hanging around in huge numbers an hour later, like it was just a really great, um, you know, team association club vibe on the court that no one really wanted to go home for. Yeah. So the men didn't have a game, so it must've been after the quarterfinal. So a lot of the men's team were there and um, all their families and partners. And um, it was just a really great vibe in the place. And it just, you know, it's a long lasting memory and the women hadn't had a home final uh, in the, at caps, certainly for a very long time. I know the men have been quite successful in recent history, but um, for the women's side of things, it was a it was a real really massive moment for us, and you know I'm so proud that those girls got to experience not only the win, because um, it's really easy to get wrapped up in yourself and your own team performance um, after moments like that. But you know we, I'm glad that we took the time to spend with those people, and our post game after that was, guys, that's what basketball's about. That's why we do what we do, um, and you know the girls just loved it and that was it you know there was so much to dissect and get ready for for logan for the next week but Mm -hmm. we didn't we just enjoyed the moment and we just enjoyed spending time with those people and yeah no it was great it's great gotta take those moments along the way otherwise say what what are you doing it for yeah that's right all right right, mate well what is dean aspen basketball like you you you're coaching a team everything's going well is it um you know defensive hustle is it uh, offensive uh you know your team is just exploding offensively is it horns at the top like well what what do you see as dean asplin basketball is it yeah. pure hustle what is it yeah it's a, i mean i guess it's a combination <clears throat> of things um yeah you look at the on-court stuff and you know you got to be strong defensively you need people who are willing to be like your pat bev or be, maybe not to that extent but you know they got to be willing to sacrifice the body and they go you know for the greater good type thing so but, you know, if you look, list things that you can tick off, you know, Bruce Palmer always talks about being in great physical condition where we look like a basketball team. We've got great athletes, um, fast, up and down, um, you know, simple actions done well. I don't like to confuse things or dilute things with too many complicated X's and O's. The girls, if we practice the simple actions and, and ex- execute them well, you know, the people that we recruit to come and play, you know, we don't need all this super intricate stuff. Um, we just need to be able to really lock in defensively. And that's that's the big the thing. That's a big part of it. That's what we like to hang our hat on. And, you know, I guess as a coach, if I was to look at what Dean Asplund basketball is, it starts, it starts at the defensive end. Um, and really, we spend a lot of time on that. Uh, every training and preseason, a huge chunk of time is is allocated to defensive principles and systems and all that kind of stuff so you know and these girls they've got to also have these non-basketball things they got to love basketball you know mm. there's no point in forcing someone to be there who doesn't want to be there you know they could be the best player in the world but if they don't if they hate basketball and they just do it because they're good that's you know you're going to have a ceiling um they've got to love spending time with one another um and the way i like to put it is you know that plays for one another not just with one another so you can't just roll out any five 
there has to be a deeper kind of connection with these girls. And we spend a lot of time with our athletes just getting to know who they are and they get to know who each other are uh, and spend a lot of time together. And they genuinely like each other. You know, mm. they genuinely spend a lot of time together uh, and they're, they're great mates. So it's it's really nice to see. So if I were to look at Dean Aspen basketball, that's what it is. Um, great athletes, great players, great people, um, knowing them and then putting in the systems. And all that great creates great basketball, right? Well, you hope so. <laughs> you hope so. When you're in the lab mixing up all the formulas and, <laughs> you know, you hope eventually what comes out is good basketball. But sometimes you got to go back and change a few things and tinker with a few things. But Sometimes the formula isn't always perfect first time around. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, mate. Well, returning uh, for your first full season as head coach of the Brisbane Capitals this, uh, this uh, upcoming season, any uh, any secrets you can let slip about uh, who else will be returning? Uh, who who can you talk about? Don't want to get you into trouble, but no. uh, who can you talk about returning? Mate, I do a good enough job of getting myself into trouble. So um, the big one, the big signing is Bill Ellis, assistant coach, <laughs> back for another run around. Uh, no, big big Bill will be there. So Uncle Bill, we call him. He'll he'll be there and 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 firing. But um, as you saw today on the socials, we've announced Steph. Steph Collins will be back for her third year uh, with us, uh, and she's just going from strength to strength. And she's now doing a lot of work around um, BBI as well, around Capitals, working with a lot of people as well as her connections with Basketball Queensland. So she's really kind of entrenching herself in mm-hmm. in the basketball landscape. Um, She's come quite away from that first season when she was behind Meg Essex and then yeah. boom, in. And then, uh, you know, seemed to really love and favour that left-handed hook. And then uh, this year developed, you know, more of a rounded game going both ways at different times yeah. you know, throughout the season. Um, and by the end of the season, really doing it with confidence. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, she, she didn't take a backward step all year um you know there is it's easy to listen to criticism of you know when people scout you and you know people say you know people talk a bit of trash out on the out on the court and people talk to you about what you're good at you know what you need to work out but steph she doesn't take a backward step she doesn't listen to anyone in terms of when people are saying stuff about her or to her and what we love about her is she's her own person she's a free spirit she's awesome man like she's one of the great Great people. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does this year. Um, we've been doing a little bit of work. Uh, we've been talking a lot about a few things and um, I'm really excited to see how this year, you know, she's a leader of the team, mm-hmm. you know, she, she's the anchor of our defense. Um, she's, she got big things coming this year. Yeah. You know, you're doing all right when, uh, when we had a friend of the show, Michaela Roof on the mm-hmm. show and she was talking about how difficult it was going to be coming up against Steph Collins in the next couple of weeks. And yeah. it's like, that's a, pretty good compliment that's right high there. praise that's mm-hmm. high praise um michaela's michaela's you know she's a friend of mine and you know she's she's a legend like it's at any level that she plays at wherever she goes she's a winner um and she you know to get that praise for steph from from mick is is huge yeah um who else we got coming back well um anna will be back um beautiful i i I cleared all these announcing all these i'm getting a scoop i cleared all this with bruce bruce palmer who's our new head of senior programs at at brisbane so i i cleared all this with him so you're getting the scoop here on on bordeaux lie australia that's all right well i i don't mean to you know upset you at all but we did get the uh we did get steph collins saying that she would return uh halfway through last season on the broadcast but it's the deal has been inked. We're good to it go. Has. It has. Awesome. Uh, we're, so we get we'll get we'll be getting most of our of most of our group back. I'm really 
really excited. So at the start of, you know, the season just gone, um, we had a bunch of new players. We only had, you know, two or three come back, you know, and then Matty Woodford came back in in late. Um, so we only had a couple coming back. But this year we got, I think we got eight. Uh, I've got a, got a list here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, yes, he possibly. did count on his fingers there. Yeah, yes. that's right. I had my t- t- to take my socks off and go on my toes as well. Um, but, um, you know, Anna will be back. Steph will be back. Bronte will be back. Bronte Cork, um, who, who's in, an incredible talent. Um, and she, you know, we've been messaging a bit. She's, she's actually in Bali at the moment having a well-deserved holiday. But she's, uh, you know, she's ready to get back into it. And um, it's a um, court meet-up. She'll be back, mm-hmm. uh, who's, a, who's a cultural leader mm-hmm. of our group. Um, incredible people. Um, Hilary Fuller, the youngest Fuller, she'll be back. Um, before she, you know, while she finishes year 12 and before she goes off, I'm sure to college. Um, well, yeah. that's what the fullers do, mate. That's what the fullers do. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Two there already. And then one more to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tyler Stolberg, she, when she finishes college, um, or when she finishes a college season at, at Newbury, she'll be back and young Lily Schmidt as well. She'll be back. And, yeah. She's, she's coming along leaps and bounds a little, um, she's injured at the moment. Um, so she's missing a couple of her 18s games. Um, but she'll be back and then there's some, there's some new signings. So I can, I can have, I can have a word about those. Or if you, if you have anything you want to cover on any of those ones returning, you just, you just tell me when to stop. I know. Loving what I'm hearing so far, mate. I'm not, I'm not ready to stop. Oh, you know, you keep going, mate. You keep going. So, but those, those returning girls are, it was really important for us to, um, go, go out and get them and make sure that they knew how important they were to our program because a huge part of our success last year was the people that were involved in our, you know, it helps that they can play a little bit of basketball, which is really good. But you know, the most important thing is that they are just really great people. And as I said before, they really like each other. So when you've got a core that has really good chemistry, you try not to mess with that too bit. And, you know, Anna, you know, she's been such a great servant of Brisbane basketball um, and Brisbane capitals. And, you know, she just, does what she does. She's in the trenches. She does the unsung work. She had her mask on, mm-hmm. you know, non-COVID mask on last uh, last year. She had the Rip Hamilton plastic face mask going <laughs> yep. on. Yep. Throwback to all those old people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so actually, her, her coming back was it was a big priority for us. She's our captain. She's just you know does everything that we ask her to do. Um, and she and Bill are both scientists, so they both have their super intellectual conversation while I just go and do something else. Um, you know, Bronte, as I said, she's a young up and comer. You know, you, you forget that Bronte is still so young. Um, you know, she could have played now in the twenties, under twenty ones this year. Um, she's so young, but you know, she got a lot of talent. Um, so it's about keeping her around for the long haul and really helping her um, develop her craft and um, keep that going. As I said, mid up, you know, if I could bottle what it is to be a Brisbane Capitals person, yep. you know, caught mid up. We got real, really lucky with that one. And, you know, shouts out to V Dog for recruiting her and bringing her in. Um, and she's just, you know, an incredible player and an incredible shooter. Um, but even more so, just a really good per- person. Um, young Hillary, she's got all the physical tools just to be anything she wants. You know, the ceiling is super, super high. Mm. Um, she's getting better. You know, every day, every week, you know, she works hard on her game. You know, we do it. Bill does a lot of film sessions with her on, on areas to improve. And, you know, she's just gone, as you saw in the second half of the season last year, even in the semifinal when we lost against Logan, she was, she was incredible, you know, no fear, just really, you know, upping her game. And, you know, 
she's keeping that going in the under 18s at the moment. Yeah, she. There was a couple of the youngins I remember at uh, one particular game. Can't remember exactly who we were playing, but uh, there was a couple of the younger ones went on, and then not long after, there was a bit of a timeout and what looked to be a bit of a chat about you know accountability and you know this is this is the expectation level. And from that moment, they then when they came back on the court, they were switched on, and it it just it really built to that you know that quarterfinals sort of moment and yeah. the, in those few end of the season games where there there was no you know these young girls came in off the bench mm. and there was very little to no drop off yep. for the caps yeah. and you know I, I think that was one of the really impressive things about the crew yeah and i mean that's that's something we speak about a lot and, and the girls know this that from if you're a WNBL point guard or if you're in year 11 at high school the expectation is the same mm. the accountability is the same you know, you see it with the New Zealand breakers now. It doesn't matter who you are, Monty Mayor, if he doesn't like what you're doing, if you're not holding up the standard, you'll come out of the game. You could be Cam Glidden or you could be one of their young development players. It doesn't matter. The standard is the same. And, you know, it's a different level, but we like to approach things in that way that, you know, you're only going to get better if you're willing to not take shortcuts. And we'll help you get better and we'll help you get where you want to go. But this is the process. And, you know, all our girls, as you say, they're so good and they're so teachable and coachable and they just learn all the time. And it comes down to the players as well. The players coach each other. They have a level of autonomy that, you know, I call it freedom within the framework. You know, this is where we want to go, but within these parameters, teach each other, learn from each other. So you don't have to hear this, you know, boring old guy talking at you all the time, get out there and mix it up and learn from each other. So well, no, you are getting on, must be said. <laughs> a bit of grey in the beard now. I have to keep it short now, so you can't see <laughs> can't see a lot of the grey. <laughs> yeah, uh, I still keep mine long, but the grey is getting longer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then um, you know we've got some new uh, new girls coming in. Um, Lily Sarah, she's played Red City the last couple of seasons, um, and. Before that, she was at Southern District, so she had a lot of experience, a lot of learning from really good players. So she'll be, you know, she'll slide in and, and be part of our guard rotation. Um, you know, we're working on her shot a lot more and, you know, she's a great shooter um, and we just need to get her in positions where she can be successful and we think we can do that. Um, Tyler King, uh, who played at Southwest, mm -hmm. um, she is going to come in and she'll fill that Maddie Woodford role. Um Maddie's with work and with with other life stuff. Maddie just can't commit to the program, which is fantastic. She was she's been in the program since she was sixteen. She deserves a yeah. she deserves a break and been a wonderful Brisbane basketball person. And she'll still be around. She'll be helping the girls at practice mm -hmm. here and there. So you know she's still involved. But Tyler will come in uh, and and um, fill that role, that physical defender off the bench, fast, athletic, um, guard some perimeter people. So we filled that hole. And, and and the big one that we've signed is Maya Lloyd, who's come over from Red City. Um, nice. had a had a good season last year in a not so successful team uh but in but in saying that they almost beat logan in the last you know, second last to last round of the end of the season so there was a lot of potential there and they had some really good pieces you know she has she was 25 and 10 um player last year so we'll get her we'll get her in and 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 try and get her acclimated to our system and you know our way of way of playing our style of play and we think that she can really provide a lot of lot of lift for us and um there are a few other little conversations going on with some you know exist some players from last mm -hmm, year mm -hmm. um but um things are tracking really nicely 
which is about all I can say on that one. That's all good. I won't probe any deeper. Happy we've got the players returning that we've got yeah. and you know, new players coming in. You know, welcome and welcome back to the Caps fam. That's right, so, mate. And it is a it is a fam, and you know I'm excited to get the girls on court. We you know preseason can't some uh, can't come soon enough. There you go. You found them. I found the words. <laughs> I got there in the end. All right. Well, there it is. Heard heard some of that here first. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. We got a lot of, and as I say, we do. We you know Brisbane is really growing from strength to strength, and we have got a lot of players in our under 18s and 21s where we run an integrated program, so those girls all get to be around our NBA one talent mm-hmm. um so there's a real development pathway coming through right from under 16s 18s 20s qsl mbl1 and now the qsl youth league which is the under 21s will now run at the same time as the mbl1 and qsl um so it'll be a three-tier sort of program going on across all the, all the clubs and all the association and you know we've got a lot of development going on where players can bounce between even MBL one QSL. And even if they, you know, under 21, they can get down and get some minutes, some good minutes in the, in the QSL youth league. So it's really exciting times, especially at Brisbane. We got, we got some really on the women's side. I can't speak for the men's side, obviously, but um, we got some really exciting times ahead. So it's going to be a nice year, I reckon in 2023. Beautiful. Well, it was a, a really amazing you know, probably great end of the season last year. Yes, could have gone a couple of weeks longer, but, you know, that's that, that's life. Logan was a tough ask. It was. You know, they've been around, they've been around each other for a long time. And, look, I don't think I would have wanted to play Townsville. Um, after I, saw, I was at those games, I saw what they did to Logan, who are mm. as good as they are. Yep. And they, you know, they they copped a bit, of a bit of a lesson. Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. Uh, a basketball education, yeah, if you will. Absolutely. All right, mate. Well, you know, obviously you're head coach of the NBL one women's Brisbane Capitals. So no stranger to the WNBL. And speaking of which, we've got a lot of NBL one talent. So much talent. Uh, you know, who that filter down and then obviously with the WNBL back on now after the FIBA break. Mm. Let, let, let's go. Let's get into it. Ready? Um Let's start close to home. You know, we don't have a Brizzy team, unfortunately, or yet. Or, you know, whatever word you want to shove in there, <laughs> uh, in there. But uh, Townsville Fire, how how long can they keep this rolling? Like Friday, Friday they've got the spirit. Um, yep. Can they knock them over? And you know, how do you see their uh, how do you see this streak and or season going? Uh, really good. I think that they will. You know, they'll be in the finals. They'll be in the final series. Um, Bendigo will be tough. The only other unbeaten team, um, so they're both at the both at the top of the table. Uh, Bendigo are going; they're flying, and they're really exciting to watch. Mm. Uh, they're great to watch. Good product, um, but I don't know. Townsville, they're really good. Mm. They're really good. You know, they've added some good pieces. You know, Rufi, as I said, she's she's a legend. She's wherever she goes, she just wins and helps teams win. Um, Hawkins. The import that they got, she's twenty and nine. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she's tough as hell. Yeah, a lot, mate. Loz Nicholson, twenty-two a game. She's on fire. You know, St- Steph Reed, phenomenal point guard. You know, and since she went to Townsville and and started working closely with Shannon Seabom, who was an incredible coach, mm-hmm. she, her game has just gone to another level. Yeah. Um, 
and she just makes that whole machine tick without having to be the centerpiece of it. Mm. Just is happy just to hoop and just get everybody involved and just win. Um, wherever she goes, you know, she's, she's a winner. She just, uh, hope you saw down at nationals down there, yep. just, they were, you know, they were missing a couple of people who helped them win the NBL one, but she just, she didn't care. You, you know, she mustn't have got the memo that they weren't there because she just, no, she didn't, she balled out in that first game was just didn't, it was a very difficult matchup for the team they had. Um, unfortunately when they took on the Aubrey Wodonga team, um, of course that could have been so much worse had they have had the goat as yeah, well that's right uh but you know that that, that is what it is um uh, but yeah just a really tough um game where i, I also don't think she necessarily played her best she no. looked she, she didn't look like the steph reed we've sort of you know come accustomed to yeah and of course she found that in the following game yeah that's right um and you know it was it, it was on for young and old again but unfortunately by that point with the, the setup for the national finals it was all just a little bit too late, but uh, yeah, absolute baller, great friend of the show, and just you know, for, for anyone who's ever spent any time you know around her or even around people who know her, yep, absolute amazing person. Yeah, and you know, you don't hear a bad word spoken about her. You know, she's just as you say, she's a great person. Um, you know, and anyone that you can call a friend of the show. Must be a good person because you got a pretty good filter on who you allow on the show. <laughs> Although I reckon I've bypassed the screening process, um, but you know, I, I the occasional think, one sneaks in. Yeah, right. that's right. Um, but you know, there's a lot of uh, familiarity around that program. So a lot of the girls who play in the NBL one also play in the WNBL team. Same coach up until you know Shannon's not coaching NBL one next year there, but you know they spend a lot of time together. So mm. you know, especially shooters like you know Court Woods. She knows where to get, um, and Steph knows where she's going to be. And they got a couple of their younger girls who play in the NBL one as well. They're on the bench there, so you know it's this it's this factory of you know basketball that goes all year round, and they just get familiar with one another, and they just love playing with each other. So I think that they can win it. Um, but you know, I can tell you who won't win it. I can give you the two that aren't going to win it. <laughs> the UC Caps, it. They're zero and four or whatever it is, and yep. their imports just decided to go home. Um, Cohen was it Cohen? Is that her name? I think it is. Uh, she's decided to go home, uh, and the Sydney Flames. Oh man, what's going on there? <laughs> um, I feel sorry for a couple of their players who I, you know, who I've had a bit to do with. In you know, like they just, yeah, it, it's a tough, it's a tough grind watching them play. I can't see what they're trying to do. I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know what the game plan is. Oh, it's it's very simple, mate. Um, Shane Hill, Dingards. Well, he's just collecting himself. So he's well, just, just, you know, a bunch of people who just like to get the shots up, which is fine. Mm. But, you know, I feel sorry for a lot of those girls because they don't have a clear direction on where, where it's going. In his in Shane's head, you know, there's a plan. But to anyone else who's watching, we're not in your head, Shane. That's the plan. Yeah, losing Kalani. I mean, not losing Kalani. Uh, you know, her great news of being pregnant. You know, congratulations to her and Tyrell. But you know, her out of that team, it leaves a huge leaves a huge gap to be filled in terms of ability and experience, and being able to guide some of those you know perimeter players around on you know perimeter defense to to help her as as the help defender. She sets a mean screen, so oh. a lot of those girls aren't getting as open without Mm-mm. without the Kalani Purcell. Um, screen. So, 
you know, that's a, that's a big hole. And, you know, another NBL one North uh, player went down there to fill that Steph and, you know, she's been around for a long time and, you know, she's a, she's an athlete and a good, and a good player and has plenty of experience. So, you know, she's not, she's not Kalani Purcell, but you know, what yeah. are they? I, I, I don't, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I, I don't know what they're doing. Doesn't suit you. <laughs> I, I don't know what they're doing. But, yeah. but the UC caps. Yeah. Again, like, you know, they had a mass exodus of players uh, at the end of last year and, you know, total rebuild mode basically oh, is, is yeah. what's happening there. They had a great run. They're in rebuild mode and then they start the season first weekend, uh, you know, two injuries Yeah, on top of rebuild mode. Now they're, uh, it's uh it's a little tough but um it's like when we first started the pod you know we you know we had not necessarily the exact same sort of things but it's that it's that similar idea of the with the um with the cans taipans like they weren't playing great basketball yeah um you know it was a tough watch but if you're a fan of the good times you got to stick with them in the bad times yeah go to the games Buy the singlets, buy the stuff, yeah. make sure they're around so that they can rebuild. Yeah, that's you know, right. Th- they've got a decent association there. You know, it, they've just got a little bit of a lack of, you know, depth in their talent roster. Um, and, you know, like all teams, like a couple of good signings all of a sudden next season, you never know. Yeah, but absolutely. But it's I not going to be this season. Though. Yeah, it, it's definitely not. And those two are probably out. The other, I mean, the boomers that, you know, they've got a, stacked roster you know tiff mitchell she's a baller you know she's Absolutely. a killer she's just she's unreal kayla george solid as hell mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get every night um and you know she she kind of really ties a lot of things together um wallace tess magin you know lots of experience from you know from their recent time and with the, with the almost said boomers then <laughs> <laughs> but you know they you know they've spent a lot of time together they've played a lot together so they're an experienced team and well coached They'll be there when the whips are cracking. They'll be there, and you know, they, there's a there's a few there's a few. It's hard to call. You know, you take those two out that probably you know aren't going to be around it. Perth, I don't know what's happening in Perth. I just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that they show glimpses and then ah uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It sort of yeah. I don't think they've really found their identity. They haven't had everybody come back. Correct, and they're just um they're certainly not in full rebuild mode but they just haven't that they don't look like the team they were last year not at they, all. they don't have um those pieces and they're trying to work out exactly what that's going to mean for their type of basketball because they can't play the same way um uh, and with the same efficacy that they did last season i agree i agree but you know and then there's the there's the other couple we haven't spoken about south side you know I just saw um, Monique Conti today, mm-hmm. which is just mm-hmm. a massive, a massive get. She's yeah. she's a great player, multi-sport athlete. Yep, just former champion. Like, yep. rattle off all sorts of superlatives about her. Yeah, and going into this, just uh, amazingly talented, if not slightly older roster. Yeah, um, of you know, just absolute ballers. Um, obviously, the goat's hard to go past, yeah. but uh, you know. unbelievable. That's yeah. that whole storyline. That whole situation it's just it's unbelievable you know and she just she's so humble mm-hmm. you know and she's such a from all reports i haven't i haven't met her but from all reports she's just a cracking human who just loves to win and does it regularly yeah uh yeah and look uh, there's only one sort of thing we didn't mention there we probably should give them a little bit of love you know uh the old adelaide lightning 
Shout out, Abby Cabello. Yeah. Friend of the show. Great friend of the show. <laughs> the mini goat. Yeah. She is, yeah, no, nah, she's she balling out. Uh, she's getting some opportunity, um, which is, I guess, a big reason behind the move um, and playing for such a great coach uh, who has so much experience at as a player at that level. I think she won seven WNBL titles. So she's she's been around a block and to play with Steph Talbot, who is just, you know, just a flat-out hooper. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and getting to work with with Lauren Mansfield as well, um, who you know she they've had their they had their battles here um, when we came back from twenty one down against Gold Coast. <laughs> um, you know, Lauren's Lauren is a flat out scorer and just a wonderful person and just really really good at her craft. I mean, you look at her just control the game and then oh we're down a couple, whack whack whack. Yep. Hit a couple of threes, just knows when to insert herself into a game. And I'd like Was to probably seven of bit... seven the other day. Yeah. Like just absolutely crazy. You know, they, they've broken the duck egg. So they're off, they're off there. Mm-hmm. They've, yep. Maybe they need a, more of a steady diet of Laura Mansfield. Just give it to Mansfield, get out of the way. Shoot your shot. <laughs> but uh, no, they, um, I'm interested to see how they go. Actually, they got some really good pieces. Um, and, I think that they can actually make a little bit of noise. Um, once they get for me, it's a very new group, um, new coach. I think that they, I think that they have an opportunity to really, you know, make a bit of noise once they start clicking and once they start getting a bit familiar with, yeah. with each other, you know, Chelsea Brooks, she's, she's a baller too. Um, they got some pieces. They got some pieces. They'll just, they'll sort it out. It's, you know, it takes time. They've only played three games, four games. Indeed, and it's tough. It's tight at the top. It is. It, it is super tight um, at the top uh, of what is one of the greatest, you know, women's basketball leagues in the world. Mate, absolutely, oh. absolutely. I reckon it's got to be the second best league in the world. You know, um, WNBA. It's great. It's a great league. I like it. I like watching it. I don't. I don't watch enough of it though. You know, um, but I pay a lot of attention to the W WNBL, and um, there are some fantastic female athletes mm. um, who are who are running around in our comp. We're really lucky to have a lot of talent, a lot of international talent as well, but more importantly, some real homegrown talent that's just really shining uh, on the world stage. And I think we're, you know, women's basketball in this country is just going to go from strength to strength and, and, and really start making, I mean, we've always been great. We've always had a great national program, but I think at the NBL one levels and the, and the local levels, I think we're going to see a real spike in, participation in in women's basketball and you know i can't wait to be involved in that for sure for sure and the one of the great things about it is you know you've got these high level international talents and straight after the game they're available to sign autographs take photos right on the court no two ways about it like they're always available after the games and that's what's great about the WNBL in that sense. It's, yep. it's so open yep. you know, to the fans because they, they just want to build. Yep. You know? You've got to be accessible to your athletes. Um, if you're paying money to, for, for jerseys to go in to take your family memberships, you know, it's great that the WNBL haven't gone to a place where you're so closed off from the athletes and you just have to watch from afar. You can interact, as you say, you can interact with them. And the girls are so great at just giving their time because they understand how important it is to to build that connection with the with the community. So, Matt, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season goes. Should be an absolute banger. Uh, speaking of jerseys, when does your Abby Cabillo jersey arrive? 
Mate, I've got to get one big enough. I can't ask her <laughs> to send me one. I don't think it would fit over my right leg. Um, might, fit, uh, mate. might fit my nine-year-old daughter. I reckon they're about the same size. Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't go with a, a player-worn one. You'd probably want just a fan one. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. I see, I see. You and me are both in that similar boat, mate. No, I, uh, <laughs> I tried to order one, but they, the merch wasn't in yet because I also want to get myself a Macala Roof one. Uh, and a yep. few other people I know from around the league and just rock those around the place because, I mean, everybody wears NBA jerseys. Like, give me some obscure stuff. Me and my mates used to joke that we'd want we'd try and find the most obscure NBA jersey we could find. Gary Trent, Minnesota jersey, <laughs> something like that. Just rock that. Look like you picked it up from the Riverside Markets and it's just a random player. But uh-huh. uh, we're, uh-huh. we're about that life. <laughs> Was it uh, well? Last time I was in America, I picked up a Harlem Globetrotters retro jersey. Was it Curly Neal? Nice. I was like, "Yep, I'm going to have to explain that to a lot of people." And that's okay. I'm in. That's okay. <laughs> let's do this. That's that's part of the fun. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Let's uh, let's let's do this thing. Let's let's do this NBL thing. Let's, I'm ready. I'm you know, ready. Uh, and this time let's we're going to jump straight into some bullets babble. Because let's face it, there were some big stories through the week, and we need to, you know, we we need to jump straight into that. How much time we got? Let's find out. All right. Well, bullets made the move during the week that some have asked for for. Well, frankly, some asked for this. Was it uh, three games into uh, last season? We're a little <laughs> bit premature on that front, let's be honest. Uh, James Duncan uh, is no longer part or the head coach of the Brisbane Bullets. Uh, just another classic, you know, mutually parted ways sort of situation. I was like, don't ask any questions. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then reports come out as, you know, Definitely not that. De- well, mate, from what I hear, he was still coaching the team Friday morning until he wasn't Friday mid-morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, move's been made. Um, Sam McKinnon's been slotted in uh, into the temporary head coach role. Um, <clears throat> and obviously, another Caps connection there in, in the McKinnon household, former head coach of the uh, Brisbane uh, Brisbane Capitals, M- well, it wasn't the NBL one team, it was the Brisbane Capitals. QSL, maybe. QSL. The, uh, uh, championship winning. Yes, sir. Coach. Yes, sir. Um, you know, stepping in because uh, he's got that connection with the players and, well, let's face it, you know, he's done it. Mm. So, you know, he's right there. It'd be crazy not to use his experience, or, you know, uh, everything like that. But, Coach Duncan, gone. gone. Uh, let, let, let's start with your thoughts, mate. Um, did he have, you know, should he have been gone? Should he be gone sooner? What, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the coaching situation? I got a lot of thoughts. Uh, I thought you might. Uh, I got to preface this with two things. Uh-huh. One, I don't like the bullets Oof. at all Oof. for a number of reasons. Yeah. I, uh, I used to go to all the games at the Boonal Entertainment Center. We had family connections who were sponsors. We, you know, I was all in. You know, Eddie Groves happened. Yeah, that was a that was a strike. Some some local talent that could be playing for us isn't. Um, 
yeah, I'm going to leave that there because <laughs> I want to put that aside uh-huh. from everything that I want to talk about. And yep. The second preface is that I love Sam McKinnon. He's a great guy. Had a little bit to do with him. Every conversation that I've had with him has been a positive one. He knows a lot. As you say, he's done a lot. He had that incredible season for the Bullets in 07, 08, whatever it was, yep. where he won just about every possible award that you could win. Mm-hmm. Um, seen his coaching style up close. Just, I, I can't praise the guy enough. Um, my question around the coaching is the timing. Why fire, why fire him now? Why not fire him when he was 0-5? They, they win three out of four after that. And then he gets fired before they go to New Zealand. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. They get rid of an import before they get rid of him at Owen 5 to Vondrick Walker, who I think they gave up on way too early. Possibly. From what I've heard, he was only ever a short-term stopgap style. Oh, why sign him? Solution. Well, you know, get someone, you know, get someone in on the court, mate. I... This, yeah, I got more to say about that. <laughs> you know, it's all right, that's why you're here, mate. So, and there was no obvious movement at the FIBA break that we know of. Like, surely that's a time to go out and get someone, or at least have those conversations and say to your fan base, these are the people that we're talking to. We can't say that they're going to sign, but we're, we're out, we're proactive. There's so much, you know, smoke and mirrors going on with with the bullets that it's just, it's infuriating and I don't even like them and I'm frustrated by it. Like I can't imagine people who are paying members who are in the dark, who are just, they have no idea what's going on. So James Duncan went what, 10 and 18 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and his whole thing was I'm a defensive coach. This isn't the roster that I put together. Let's just get through this year and get to next year. Mm-hmm. Signs Aaron Baines, awesome. Tyler Johnson, great. Sobey's back. Kadee's there. These guys are in. They, they can't guard me, which is, you know, like it's, if you're a defensive coach and you've said the reason that we can't win is because I'm a defensive coach and this isn't the roster that I put together and then are worse defensively to the point where you've reportedly lost the locker room. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Like, you're 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 a good coach. I never want to talk about someone's coaching ability because that's that's not my place. But and from all reports, he's a great guy. His concepts and ideas and style of play are fantastic. But what are you what are you doing? What was your identity? You, you know, you said you're this defensive guy. We didn't see it. You know, the people who are paying to go and watch, buying the jerseys, buying the season memberships traveling all the way out to Nissan arena, which is not easy to get to, you know, if you live anywhere not from the North side, no, if, well, if you don't live anywhere in that immediate area, mm. you know, it's street parking or you got to pay for parking, but there's limited parking. It's hard to get through for public transport. It's, you know, people are paying to, and putting in effort to take their families there. And it's a good experience. It's a good game day. Mm. You know, it's, you know, the atmosphere's up. It's a good stadium because everyone's close. You know, you can hear what's happening on the court. You can hear what's happening on the bench. You know, it's a, it's a good product, but why is this product not, you know, 
translating to success on the court. And it's because they don't have an identity. Um, and you know, for so, you know, when Joey Wright was coaching, we knew what, what they were about. We knew who they were, you know, Lamanus, Lamanus to an extent for the first part that he was there, we knew what he was about until the rest of the world caught up with what, you know, he was running, which was just European basketball, which everybody else had, in Europe had been running for 10 years before, you know, we knew what the identity was. Now the mums and dads who are forking out this money, they don't know what the identity is, you know, and a guy like James Duncan, you're, you know, who's accountable? Who's, who's forging that identity? Who's putting this style of play out? And if you've lost the locker room, buddy, that's curtains. Mm. You're out. As soon as you hear the first whisper of a coach has lost the locker room, thanks for coming, Jack. Can't get it back. Can't get it back. You know, and there are some guys there and I mean, we can, we can speak about this to however much extent <laughs> you want. They got so much talent yes, on that roster. They do. That's a very talented roster. And this I think is one of the big issues because, um, you know, Sam McKinnon went out, put this roster together, mm. you know, is so much talent and the James Duncan defensive story, you know, as a basketballer, you know, I've always loved the defensive side, yep. you know, I've always been, I've been always been better at it. That's one of my things, you know, right. um, and I've always loved defensive hustle. And whenever a coach is like, you know, we're going to, you know, defensive first, rah, 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 cool. But I didn't see it. Yeah. I didn't see it. And that was my problem. Like we've, you know, we've obviously had these chats on the show before, you know, with Dan and other hosts that we've had on the show and different things. And it's just, you hear one thing, but you don't see it. Yeah. You know, That's right. And you can, you can listen to people talk all day, but you know, this is a league where you got to win. You got to win, or you know, you know, you're no good. You're you're constantly looking over your shoulder, and you know that talks this identity issues, and 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 it's a bigger picture than that. It's 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 ownership issue. Who are these guys? You know, we talk about ownership. You know, and the reason that the Kings have been so successful, you know, Derek Rucker and Liam Santamaria talked about it on Friday. You can see their owner is present. He's there. He's he's accountable. You know, the guy from New Zealand, they've pulled him back a bit, which was good because he was too far, as Derek said the other way. He was a distraction. But, yeah. you know, the people, you know, I'm in a couple of these Bullets forums mostly because I like to laugh at the nuffies when the, you know, in the comments section. But Yeah, if you're looking for, um, you know, really hard-hitting journalism, that is the worst place to go. But, yes. Oh, man, it's it's the best. <laughs> if you're ever looking it's for, a laugh, for a laugh. It's great for a laugh. Yeah. If you're looking for a laugh, if you're, you know, you're a bit down, maybe a pet's in hospital, sick, or you've, your goldfish died or, you know, can't pay bills, something like that, go to the Bullets, Brisbane Bullets banter or the Brisbane Bullets supporter Facebook page and just, your life will just, you'll be happy. You'll be happy for a sort, certain amount of time. And I'm in there just because I think it's funny. But, you know, those people have genuine concerns. Who are these people that are supposed owners why aren't they there creating this connection with community be honest the ceo is current currently overseas you know he's meeting with ownership what is what is what's the meeting what's the meeting about is it about you know more connection with the people who are paying the fans 
I feel sorry for the Brisbane fans. I'm not a Bullets guy. I keep saying that, but I feel sorry for the people that are Bullets people because they go and there's this faith and there's faith and there's energy. And to, as I say, it's a great place to go and watch basketball, but they don't know what's going on. They don't, they don't have any identity whatsoever. It's just almost year to year. Let's try and find some guys. Let's try and slap them together with some duct tape and just hope it works. You know, they haven't had identity for, I couldn't tell you the last time I looked at a Bullets team and went, this team is this, this, and this. And I know what they are. I know who they are. I know what I'm going to get. But I don't see that with Brisbane. I see that with a lot of teams. I don't see that with Brisbane. All right. Wow. I got more. You want to keep going? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Who's their next coach? Who's, is, is Sam going to coach out the year? Uh, look, I, I think it's tough because I, I think he would do a very good job. Mm. Uh, I think he could genuinely, um, turn things around as we talked about, you know, uh, from everything I hear, he's a leader of men. Yeah. You know, really strong in that regard. Could he do a good job? Uh, yeah. But at the same time too, he did a great job at G in that GM role, mm. but let me throw this at you though. Uh, there, there are some, you know, there's some sprinklings of one Greg Popovich, um, in this situation. Yeah. You know, GM yeah. steps in, you know, pull, pulls the trigger on the coach, steps into the coaching role Yeah. next season. Uh, if that, if that, uh, if that whole idea works and you know, Sam McKinnon is, is the next Greg Popovich in that sense, uh, we'll have a championship next year. Does he? Uh, does so he want it? No, it's you know the way you ride with wheat. Does he? Uh, does he want it? I don't know if he wants it. I think he's just doing it because the ownership group are like, we want, we we got to get rid of the coach. You're up, because PC, Pete Crawford and Vanderjagt, who are the lead assistants, they don't they don't have any head coaching NBL one experience. They're great coaches in their own right. Um, and Pete will do a great job at Southern Districts this year with the men. Mm -hmm. Um. But they don't have that NBL um, experience where most benches you look on and you're like, oh, there's that guy or that guy who could quite easily step in and, and, and take the reins. But for the roster that they've got assembled and for the, you know, I don't want to say train wreck, but for whatever's going on there, you can't do that to those guys because that. Yeah, well, look, it's. <sighs> Yeah, it's easy to throw words like train wreck out there, but if we actually look at the numbers and versus the talent, mm. that's the concerning bit because yeah. we've gone out and spent, you know, the team's gone out and spent X, Y, Z amount of money. Obviously, feels like we're, you know, during the off season, we spent more than we've spent recently. Yeah. You know, we opened the checkbook to get in better players. Da, 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 da. Um, it hasn't worked so far. No. Um, what are we now in a worse position than we've been in, well, you know, in the last three, four years? I don't think we started uh, this badly. Yeah, easily. I mean, like, DJ Mitchell's a find. Like, that's a, he's a hooper, mm. right? He's a, he's, a, he's a great player, had a great NBA one season with uh, Gold Coast. Gold Coast? No, had a, he had a great season somewhere um, and came in. With the Rollers, yeah. Yeah, with the Rollers, yep. And, you know, that's a guy you can build around, right? So for for going forward, the Sobe thing, trying to run him as a point, he's not a point guard. They don't have a point guard on their team. They got three guys who 
play off the ball. Jason Kadee is a great player, a great chemistry guy, super smart, can get you what you want, but he's not a point guard. He's a six. He could be the sixth man of the year, right? If you get people in there to allow him to be that. So rather than the money that they went and spent on, you know, we, we talked about Devondrick Walker, you know, as the stopgap, you know, you need a, you need a point guard. Nate Sobey needs to be off the ball running around and you need to build around your Aaron Baines and your Tanner Krebs. Tanner Krebs is a great glue guy, right? He's never going to be your best player, but he's a great glue glue guy. And he's one that you can see him, Tyler Johnson, Kadee, Aaron Baines. They're guys that you can see, all right, they get it. They get what needs to be done. There are some other guys there in that team that, and I'm not going to name names, but they think that they're better than possibly what their status within the league is. You know, and they they want things run for them and they, you know, they think they're the saviour of whatever. If until people start to, you know, until some of those players start to really find their place and find their role and, you know, then they won't bounce around from year to year to different teams, you know. And I think that there are some elements there that really are holding back where they want to go. There is a core of guys that you can really build around and some great players there, some great people that you can really build around, you know, with Sam as the GM, not the long-term coach. I mean, I wish him every success as a coach, but he's a really good GM, right? And I just think that him stepping in, I hope it's an interim role until they can find someone that they are going to invest in, you know, and there's a whole lot of other things that go into that, but... You know, it's they're the they're the team, they're the hometown team. You know, I I watch and you know I know a lot of people involved in that organisation, and and you and you want to see them do well, but I'm also okay that they're not doing. Well. <laughs> Look, uh, yeah, it it's tough as a fan because we had high hopes again, but justified high hopes. Yeah, this time round. Um, you know, last couple of seasons, it was, Ooh, how, how's that combination going to go? You know? And then we, you know, of course we had the Vic law and then the injury and, and the Franks and that didn't quite work out. And then this year, just say we, we've got TJ Mitchell, Tyler Johnson, of course, Aaron Baines, you know, especially with the Baines signing, because he's not an import. Mm. It, it just gave, gave such great hope. Yeah. And right. I think what people forgot is he's, He's coming off a career-threatening injury. Like, he's not going to be himself straight away. Tyler Johnson hasn't played a lot in the last two years before he got here. You know, he's been struggling with injury. I swear, Sobey's carrying an injury. Everyone tells me I'm crazy, but until the last, until maybe uh, against New Zealand, he played pretty well. He hasn't looked right. So, uh, it's for me, it's two to three games where we've seen elements of former Sobey. Yeah. Until that, it was... Yeah, doppelganger Sobi. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I I hope for the league and for the people who support Brisbane that they can get it together because, as I say, they got some good pieces there. But you know, they got to show more than what they showed Saturday night, and more than what they've shown. More of what they showed at the Blitz, where they're unselfish and they, you know, the ball was pinging around and shots were going up, and they were confident and they were rolling and they were playing for one another. Back to that. I mean, I know the blitz is different and it's a different scale, but you know, you can bring that. And it does. Maybe they'll plan that way because they knew it didn't mean anything. But you know, I hope they get back. I hope for the people who pay all that money 
that they can they can get it together. Yeah, look, definitely. Um, <clears throat> prospects for the rest of the season. Obviously, they need to sort out uh, exactly uh, what, what the coaching, GM, everything set up is going to be. Yep. Um, obviously, they need to get that sorted. Um, hopefully, internally, they've they've already got that pegged, and we just haven't heard about it yet. Yeah. Um, because the sooner they get, you know, get get a good handle on that, make sure players are on the board, um, and you know, and on the same page and understanding exactly where the ship's going. Yeah. In, in that sense, um, they got a strong fan base. That's a good thing. They're not fighting. They're not fighting to get fans in the door. They got a strong fan base, and they got a passionate fan base. That that's something to build on. You got they got to tap into that with you know the type of people they bring in and the direction they take and their transparency with those people. You know, you 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 can't look a gift horse in the mouth. Like you've got you've got it set up to be successful here. Now that you're back in the league, you know those couple of years they were out of the league. You know mm. the people in Brisbane were were crying out for for the team to be back, and they're back. And they've had a little bit of success, but tap into that fan base, really build, you know, with that in mind. And, you know, I think, I think there'll be more success. I think that's a real positive that as bad as it's gone and as sloppy as it's looked at time, the fans are still there. They, I mean, they want answers, but they're still there. They're still showing up. I mean, you can't, you can't knock that. That's a, that's a place, a good place to be. Uh, and a lot of them are, you know, for the most part behind this decision in that sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just need some more, some of these question marks, um, turned into full stops. Agree. Um, you know, uh, and then hopefully we can actually see what this team can do. Yeah. I think the pieces are there. The positive is that you found a good player in DJ Mitchell. You've got some good pieces you can build around. You've got a strong fan base there. All the elements are there to be a good team and a successful team. There's just a few, as you say, question marks that need to be turned into full stops and Brisbane are on the up. All right, mate. So Brisbane is not your team. You've said that rather clearly. <laughs> and there certainly wasn't a question mark around that. That was a full stop, if not a fancy full stop in an exclamation mark. <laughs> so <clears throat> who is your pick then uh, for the for the NBL finals last four teams? Give me a team you think will be there. Uh, I can give you three that will be there. Three I give you, that will be. Just like the WNBL, I can give you two that won't. Yep. Brisbane won't Oof. and the Illawarra won't. They're, they're done. Put a line through them. They won't be there. One of those I will accept. Okay. And, you know, democracy, right? <laughs> um, so I think that I think the league is – there's six and then four. Right? So Sydney – Cairns, New Zealand, there's your three, they're your three best teams. New Zealand are great. You know, mm -hmm. no one expected, there's two teams there that no one expected to be as good as they are. New Zealand is one and Cairns. Mm -hmm. Cairns are so fun to watch. You know, Sydney is so fun to watch. That game last night, after two awful games the day before, the game last night was so good. That was such a great game of basketball. Um, and it just showed two teams who are real quality operators with good coaches just go about their business. With a real physicality, I think all three teams that you've mentioned there 
play with a slightly different physicality that they work to their advantage. Yeah. But they're not afraid to get in, bang bodies, crowd that key. Talk trash, just, you know, and it's really hard to get the import balance right. And I think that those teams have done that. They've got it right, particularly New Zealand. They got three imports who are the same guy in different positions. They talk trash. They're not scared of anybody. They just leave it all on the floor. They're hyped up. They talk trash to the crowd, to other players. They New Zealand is so exciting to watch, you know, and the last couple of years, I don't think you could have said that about New Zealand. They'd have their moments, but you always knew what you were going to get, you know, what you were going to get. You know, for most teams, they'd pencil that in as a, as a win, you know, but now they, and they're winning away from home. It's not mm. even flying New Zealand. They're just beating everybody. They don't care. You could play in a car park somewhere. They, they're going to beat you. They don't care, um, which I love, you know, and I watched that Motti Mayor as an assistant. I was like, God, that guy's so annoying. Yes. You know, he's up and he's talking to the refs. He's talking to the players. He's a, but as a head coach, mate, people want to, they want to play for him and they want to just go so hard. I saw him get into Cam Glidden the other night um, on TV. He was in his face, you know, calling him out for his uh, a, a lapse on a defensive rotation. Uh, you know, Cam Glidden's been around a long time. He's a good player. Um, he's got a lot of experience. And Motti Mayor wasn't afraid to say, hey, mate, top or bottom of the roster, I don't care. If you don't adhere to what we're trying to do, I'm going to call you out on it. And it was Glidden just, he had this moment of realization where, he, okay, yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're doing. It was just, it was really good. It was great to watch. And, and they are really exciting to watch. So those three teams. And I do have to agree with you briefly on that point. Really didn't like him, the assistant coach role, because I was the same. Sit down, mate. Yeah. I, yeah. FIBA rules, bud. Yeah. If the coach is standing, you sit your ass down. Yeah. And but, seeing as he was so different to Dan Shamir, you know, Dan Shamir was a very measured, very calm guy. Um, had his moments, but, you know, he was just, you know. Dan Shamir for me was always on the court, and that he always wore you know, very obvious shoes yeah. for when he stepped onto the court and, like, oh, tech fouling, tech fouling, <laughs> go on, tech fouling. <laughs> ah. Very good. No, but I, I really like what they're doing. So those three teams, I think, are the, the, the top three. Um, I think Adelaide, you know, they had the cojones to get rid of Craig Randall, um, which needed to be done from all reports. Just not a great guy to have around. Um, phenomenal talent. Mm. Was shooting from the, was it the A from the Kmart? You know, so yeah. different things, but it's, you can't, basketball is not a solo sport. Yeah, well, I mean, it, get, it got to a point where guys didn't want to, you know, they, I don't want to play with that guy, you know, and these guys are professionals. So they've played with all types. So for professionals to come out and say, I don't want to play with that guy, you know, and from all reports, what was happening off the court, you know, he was causing himself all kinds of trouble around the place. So, you know, they, they, they pulled the trigger and I think that they will be the fourth team. I think that whoever they sign is the replacement I think it's got to be a point guard. I think it, they've got to allow Macca to kind of have some time on the ball, but also some time to just do what Macca does and you let him off the leash and he'll get you a bunch of rebounds and a bunch of putbacks and a bunch of threes and, you know, doing what he does. And, you know, there's some guys floating around, um, you know, and you, you, you make your offense run more through Robert Franks. He's an, he's an animal. 
he's really, really good. Um, and I think that you can, I think that they can make some noise. Uh, yeah, well, from all reports, Robert Franks would not say no to more ball. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's why you pay him the dollars, isn't it? You know, like, um, I think that they can be really good. Maybe a guy like, um, oh, there's a few, mate, Jerome Randall, he wants to come back to Adelaide to play his last year. You know, he's probably a bit, bit ball heavy. Scott Machado, who played in Cairns. That'd be a great fit in that system, um, playing for CJ, um, who gives his, you know, who gives his point guards a lot of control, a lot of freedom. Uh, you know, Scott's an unselfish guy. We saw that in Cairns. We saw what he did to to help people um, get a lot better um, and get them a lot better. But I hope Adelaide become the fourth. I think after that, the Jack Jumpers, you know, yeah, they don't just they don't beat themselves. No, you know. Um, how Melbourne lost that game against them the other day um, on the weekend. Mm. Melbourne shot 56% from the field, 100% from the free throw line, won the rebounding battle, and the Jack Jumper scored the first basket of the game and then led for 30 seconds at the end and won. Mm. Like, <laughs> they're not going to beat themselves. They're so well coached and they just run their stuff. They're physical. You know, it's another team that's physical. Southeast Melbourne, they're the same, physical. But then the rest, mate, hot take. Perth are going to miss again. They're soft as hell. I knew I'd put the mocker on them earlier in the season when I picked them after the first round as one of my teams that would make it. Yeah. And I said it here on the show. You watch it. It'll put the mocker on them and they won't make it. And they have not looked like a Perth Wildcats team. That they haven't looked like the team that came out uh, and beat the Bullets yeah. early in the season. Yeah. That Perth Wildcats team playing like that with that same measured physicality would definitely be beat the socks off the one that is currently going around. The well, no one's scared of them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be when you played Perth that you were going to get your ass kicked. It was physical, especially going to, over there. Um, I mean, you, you'd always go over there and you'd be like, right, we we play in Perth. If we if we happen to get a win, that's that's bonus. But let's just go over there and get through the game. And it's not like that anymore, right? And it's not it's not coaching. John really's a great coach, you know. He's they really good. They don't. They're good. Really good. <sighs> um, you know they they don't rebound the ball. They don't guard anyone. You know the the bottom four teams that I have are. You know, Illawarra at the bottom, Brisbane, Melbourne, unless Melbourne get another import, but Vickerman, he's a stubborn guy. He's not going to change anything. And then Perth. Well, they've got Lee on the way, apparently. Right. I just, yeah. I can't, I can't see things changing for those teams. I think that their problems are bigger than one or two pieces. I think that the top six, those top six we mentioned or I mentioned, are they're all physical. They're all, as we, you know, we said that they're all physical. They all will just grind through a game, um, and you know they've got a brand and they buy into that brand. The the other four, they're lacking what that six has, and that is that physicality, that intent, you know, that full performance for the whole game, you know. I think there's a, there's a clear divide between the top six and the bottom four, 
Um, and unfortunately for Perth and Melbourne, it's not a place that they're used to being, which is, you know, down there. But, you know, everyone's got to go through it. The bullets have been going through it for a long time. Gonna keep doing that. I'm gonna turn off your mic just so you know. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, look, let's let's head over the ditch. Um, no, let's head over to the NBA. Yeah. A couple of quick questions that I need to ask. I ask every guest who, who comes on the show. Uh, first one links into my uh first one links into the second question, of course. Uh Westbrook. Where, where do you think he's gonna be playing next? Because it uh I can't see it being in a Lakers jersey. Yeah. Uh, where where do you think he's going to go next? I think he'll be at the Lakers. I I think they're invested. I don't want. Firstly, I don't think anyone would be stupid enough to take on that contract. Um, I think that they've um, built a rod for their own back uh, with that. Um, the, so you see Lakers signing him in free agency? Obviously, this is how much I care about the Lakers. <laughs> I don't even know who who's coming off contract. So where he won't play is where he's been. You and Lockie spoke about that last time. So he won't ever go back to where he's been. Maybe OKC to finish his career because he played, got strong connection to community there. He started there and all that nonsense. But a month ago, if you'd asked me, I would have said Indiana. Mm-hmm. I think they would have pulled the trigger on 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 that one and got in Buddy Heald or Miles Turner. But they're, they're not doing that anymore. They're not mm-hmm. tanking for Wemby anymore. You know, there was an article on... I think it was NBA.com that they're too good to tank and they are, you know, they've got, they got a coach who won't tank Rick Carlisle. Um, Taurus Halliburton is, you know, it, it's so rare nowadays. Like <clears throat> yeah, the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento Kings, yeah, they do a trade yeah. and both teams get better. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, isn't that the whole idea of a trade? And yet, feels like this is an absolute rarity in the league. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's all just situation, isn't it? Like it's just the right, the right fit for someone. So, you know, up until yesterday, before yesterday, Tyrus Albert only had 15 or something or the day before, whatever it was, they beat the Lakers today. Um, but you know, he was averaging 20, 10.7 assists and four point something rebounds. Only five guys had done that in the last 10 years. LeBron, Westbrook multiple times, oh, Westbrook and Harden multiple times and LeBron one year when he was the point guard. Mm. But, you know, he was just, he's just, he doesn't care. He's balling out. You know, he says, Rick Carlisle said, all right, mate, ultra green light, <laughs> go off. Yeah. Uh, big fan of Halliburton. Yeah. Um, and just seems like a just really happy kid off the court yeah. too. Like, you know, the different podcasts and different things that I've heard him do. He just seems happy doing what he's doing. That speaks a lot to why, probably why he's playing so well. Mm. He's just found a spot where he can just play and just, you know, it's not, it's not, I mean, for one, he's not in Sacramento. I mean, well, the other thing is too, uh, from what I've heard and read is he's a culture guy and was in a place where there was no culture. Yeah. You know, so he gets to a place like Indiana where there is a bit. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's thriving. Well, yeah. You know, great. And they built some in, in Sacramento uh, after he left. So. Yeah. No, it's good. I mean, in Sacramento, it's good to see them. They've been so bad for so long. I mean, when they were good, you know, when, you know, Chris Weber and, you know, Mike Bibby and all those guys were playing there and they were, they were playing really well. Uh, and then it was just, it's like they'd taken a block out of history and they weren't relevant for 
you know, however, however long people just went there as trade pieces to then be flipped and traded elsewhere. Nicks of the West. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hadn't heard that before. That's good. I like that. I'm going to put that down in my little uh, Yeah, well, you know, Mike Beam. You know. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, has to be said, especially on this podcast, the deli effect. Yeah. You, know, you want culture, you get yourself a deli of a Dover. That's I right. Mean, you know, uh, culture. You look at the guy who won himself a chip, championship in uh, um, Cavs, with the team, yeah. stops in Vegas. You know, the, the Cavs are putting on booze. You know, you got bottles of this, that, and the other going anywhere, and here he is off to the side, two cans of Corona. In a Hawaiian shirt. Hawaiian shirt, Bonds undies hanging out the top of his pants, like just loving life. Yes, please. Yep. Yeah. There, there's culture right there, right? Why not? You know? I'll have some flat beer. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, didn't look to be a lime in sight. No, that's which, right. You know, but all good. All right. Well. Lakers, mm. they've started to come back a little bit. They've had, you know, um, you know, rather down start to the season. Do they have any chance of winning at all? No. As it stands, no. Um, they'd have to make a move yep. too uh, before the trade deadline. Um, why are they trying to hold on to these picks that they've got? You know, the Lakers, is a. it's not a rebuilding place. It's a win-now place. Always has been, always will be. Um, what, why are you trying to hold on to the picks? I heard an NBA podcast and they were saying, what are you trying to win trades now? Like, is that what you've resorted to doing? Seeing as you can't win games or you try to just win trades and stock, get rid of those picks. Yeah. Get yourself some win now talent. Um, but as it stands, no depth is a huge issue yeah. for them. You know, here's the lineup. They trotted out a couple of weeks ago. Anthony Davis. Gabriel, what's his name? Wait, Waylon Gabriel, <laughs> uh-huh. um, Brown Jr., Austin Reeves, and Kendrick Nunn. I'm surprised that you and I weren't listed on the bench. It's like anyone that's ever picked up a ball played in that game. Well, clearly you didn't see my last game. Uh, that's definitely why I didn't get the call up. But yeah, uh, that was a starting lineup in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, it's come on now. It's it, it's really not great what's happened to that. Uh, you know, and this is the team who won the bubble chip. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I I'm more of a Andrew Gay sort of style guy in that sense. I think that would have been harder because it was completely different to yeah. what you know what what basketball had been for generations up until that point. I agree. You know, you're going through a completely different thing that no team had ever gone through before, and everyone wants to discount that. Come on. Yeah. Um, I think that my hot, here's my hot take. Here we go. It's not bullets related. So get your hand off the mute button. Um, they need to trade Anthony Davis. That guy can't string a bunch of games. He's a phenomenal player mm-hmm. at, in that league. Um, but he can't stay on the court. He is Mr. Glass. He just, and I just think that that's actually probably what's really stopping progress. Get trade him, trade him for someone who's durable. Trade him well, for he Brad was that, Beal. He was that win now trade, yeah. which they did win. They did. But well, how long ago was that? Was that two years ago? Oh, 
Fuck no, it would have been three now. Three years ago. Three, yeah. Four, yeah you haven't won again. Nope. Next. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming, Anthony. Uh-huh. Go and steal somebody else's wages somewhere. <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, so the Lakers aren't your team. No. Nah. Bullets aren't your team. Nah. Who is your team in the Man, NBA? I'm, a, I'm across the hallway. I'm a, I'm a long-suffering Clippers fan until very recently. And I'm talking back when on the cover of Slam magazine, mm-hmm. there was Darius Miles, Elton Brand, Lamar Odom, Quentin Richardson, Corey McGetty, Eric Piatkowski, Michael Oliver Candy. Mate, I'm long suffering. Donald <laughs> Sterling years, like plowed through the racism and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that. And, you know, new ownership has really turned it around for them. Um, but I, I loved them back in the day where they didn't win a lot, but they were knuckleheading every time they hit a three or a dunk and they Lob, were, Lob City, we Lob, would love that. Yeah. I mean, it was just, they've had some really good years, you know, kind of since then. And I've always kind of liked them. Uh, I now tend to follow players instead of particular teams. Um, the NBA is, it's, it's funny, you know, it's. It's unlike any other league in the world. It's an entertainment product. It's not necessarily a basketball product. It's, uh, you know, the the rules are different. The court dimensions are different. You know, everything's just a little bit different. Yeah, it? it's just it's, it's it's an entertainment product. You know, and for someone who watches a lot of basketball, it's you know, I follow it because it's so big, and you know, so many storylines. But if you ask me what my favorite basketball to watch is, it's probably not the NBA. Because you know so many timeouts and it's oh, come on! Give me but, a give me a feeble World Cup yeah. any day. Yeah, it just you know there's there's a lot of good stuff out there, but you know the Clippers. I'm a, you know I, I was a sucker for the Clippers for a long time, and you know they're still going pretty well. You know, Kawhi Leonard is you know he missed last year and he's um, he's not really playing a lot this year, and but they found some good found some good some good pieces, Terrence Mann and. Uh, a lot of those guys, uh, Norman Powell, bringing him in from Portland, that was that was a good get. Reggie Jackson is Reggie Jackson, yeah, well, you know. Revived his career. That's right, you know. And even Zubac, you know, he's he's good to watch. He had 29 and 31 or, or 31 and 29 or something the other night until he failed out. Would have had a 30, 30. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, they're, they're still good to watch. Um, I think in, I think not the – I don't think they'll win the, the, the championship this year. I think, you know, Kawhi needs some some mileage – back in the legs Paul George needs to stop getting injured uh, well he's another one he just can't stop yeah wage stealers I call him Mike Connolly's the king wage stealer <laughs> you know I love a hot take <laughs> I like that I, I put some disrespect on Mike Connolly's name but that's I, I like that that's Mate, good that guy's a wage stealer <laughs> all right that's gonna wrap up uh, our NBA this week uh, we better get the Kraken King, do Anthony Kopsk is on the phone to do a bit of Kraken, but, and we'll also have our Kraken announcements. Love it. Can't wait. It's exciting. At the Capitals, does the ball have a lie, Steph? Never, ever. All right. As promised, we've got him on the phone. The Kraken King won instant defense in Anthony Kopskis. How you doing, buddy? Good, buddy. How you doing? Great, as always, mate. You know me, living the dream at the minute. You, know, look, you ready for some head-to-head action against Dino, Dino here? Oh, look, I, 
I, I don't know about ready. You know, Dino's Dino's sounds like he's a tough competitor, so I'm uh, I'm as ready as I can be. Look, it, it might be the quietest quietest he is all podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, I've been I've been training for this. I've had my cards out. I've been flicking them over. No, not really. Ant will win this to zip. To zip. Knows, oh. knows all the numbers. If you reference the uh, card one thirty six. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, this week's Crackham is a little bit different. This week's Crackham is brought to you by the local card shop in Woolongabba. Great little store. I was in there just on Sunday. They're open uh, Wednesdays through Sundays, so they're closed Mondays and Tuesdays. But get in there, see Tennyson behind the counter and some of the other amazing staff. Get all your cards. And they've also got other memorabilia, different sports. Everything you need. If they don't have it, they can get it for you, I'm sure. The local card shop, Woolen Gabba. All right. Let's get after it. I'm ready. Let's get after it. Ready. We have a Panini Contenders 21-22 pack this week. Eight cards. <laughs> Which will be super handy if we go four and four in this one, fellas. Yeah, <sighs> wishful right. thinking. It's all right. We'll do a we'll do, we'll do an impossible card or something. You know, so something fun. You know. Just hand yeah, me the cards. Up. Super fun. <laughs> Just hand me the cards across the table. <laughs> no, I, I I wouldn't do that to one. I don't have my glasses on. I can't see anyway. So. <laughs> All right, for those of you new to the segment, uh, I read the back of the card. Now, with it being, <clears throat> excuse me, with it being a head-to-head round, uh, we'll have Dean. He'll call out his team, the Clippers. Clippers. Let's yeah, go. That'll Clippers. be his buzzer. Okay. And uh, Anthony Kopsky is obviously well-known and famous on the show for being a Bucks fan. Oh. So he can, he'll call out Bucks. Bucks. I'll read the back of the card. I'll obviously ad- omit the name of the player. Otherwise, it'll be a really short round. Uh. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, first in yeah, gets the point. Uh, first to five wins it. And if we do have a if we do have a tiebreaker, I'll, I'm sure I'll be able to find a little something-something to, uh, to, <laughs> to tie a break if we need to. All right, here we go. First card. In 2014, somebody entered the NBA as the top pick of the draft. It opens the doors for all the youth in Canada. It gives Andrew Wiggins. He just says the answer. (laughs) He just says box and then says the answer. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one, man. Maybe maybe it's the delay on the uh on the phone because I definitely that's a, that's heard a tie. Uh, well, and then you say clips. Well, hang on. Who who would you have said? I would have said Wiggins. Wiggins. Okay. Yeah, it's right. pretty obvious. I I, I'm going I'm to put you down as a tie there. Uh, that okay. was that was too okay. close to call here right. in the uh, basketball shed of truth. It was either so. him or Anthony, the ben- shed Anthony of Bennett. Truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Think, I don't think he opened any doors. <laughs> he might have walked through a couple yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Might have, he might have closed some of the yeah. I'm just going to yell out Take- the most obscure name I can I can remember or think of. <laughs> Love it. Sheen Thabit is getting around <laughs> at some point during this. Number two pick. Yeah. Uh, all right. Damian Lillard and Clay Thompson are known as two of the most unstoppable perimeter players in the league. Somebody has to also be included in that list. The King's Guard finished. Fox. Yeah. I gotta go Fox. 
Oh, I'm going to have to give all oh. the clues Please, to Dino. Here we go. The Kingsguard finished the 2021 season with 1,155 triples to his name, joining the two superstars as the only players in history with 1,000 trays in the first in their first five seasons. Clippers, does he play, play for Sacramento anymore? All good questions. No, definitely not. <laughs> Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald yeah. it is. <laughs> Buddy Heald it is. Soon to be Laker, Buddy Heald. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're playing way too well. They're not going to give them one. <laughs> so we were talking about that before. And we were saying, if you asked me a month ago where Westbrook would be playing next year, oh, yeah. it'd be in Indiana, but not now. Mm. They're like third now. Turning it around, it. turning it around. Yeah. All right, third, card number three, leading the league for the second time in three seasons. Somebody turned aside 3.4 shots per game in 2021 season. Clippers. Yo. I'm a defense guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, he plays for the team we were just, that the last person now plays for. Uh, Miles Turner. Miles Turner. Yes, we actually had his card on the show last week as well. Yes. I knew I listened to that. Did for he a get reason. it? Oh, yeah, man. he got. It. Come he on, played, Ant. He played like thirty games last year. <laughs> <laughs> but he turned aside three point four shots. Yeah, three point four a game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving from one side of the legend, legendary rivalry to the other. Somebody shifted alliances from the Lakers to the Celtics. I'll let you have this one, Ant. A speedster with a flair. For oh, that's the Bucks and Schroeder, I guess. It is, yes. Number 71. The man who the re- turned away yeah. $71 million. Fumble the bag, I believe, is the expression. <laughs> hey, I think that's, a, that's a good deal, you know. Take the minimums, you know. Have yeah. a chance to win. Yeah. It worked out well. Yeah. Yeah, really well. Yeah. yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty and all that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he's back he's back there on what a quarter of the yeah, money yeah. that he would have been on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next card. Somebody put himself in exclusive company in 2020-21 season, joining LeBron James and Kyrie Irving as the only Cavs rookies to record five hundred points. Yep. Uh so it was this is from last year, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a time uh, limit yeah. on this answer? I've, I've got to guess Garland then. Unfortunately, I'll have to give all the clues. Yes. Give me them clues. Over to Dean. Clues, clues, baby. Also, Dean, I would ask you to not put, uh, not call out things like time limit on things when you took a year and a half with your last answer. I'm old. I got, <laughs> I got memory problems. I got memory problems. Miles yeah. Turner. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you like that old old people at uh, in uh, pub raffle draws. Redraw, redraw. That's right. <laughs> Every time. I'm a competitive guy. Come on now. <laughs> All right. Add 20 blocks in a season. If the previous players are any indication, Cleveland surely found a future cornerstone with the 2020 drafts number five overall pick. Clips. I don't know his first name. Okoro. Of- Okoro, Isaac Okoro, it is. How good are the Cavs I wouldn't going, have thought he got any stats. Yeah, really well. Yeah, uh, uh, enough. 
Yeah, no. the Cavs are they're actually good enough for LeBron to come back. Ha. I like that from you. <laughs> good from you. Just a cynic over here. Don't know what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about. What's the uh, score? Give me a score check. Uh, well, it's uh, three to Dino, one tie, and one to the alleged yeah. Kraken King. Yeah, alleged. Alleged Kraken King. I don't call score. myself that. Mal calls me you're the one that alleges it, Mal. Mate, I've seen you wearing a shirt around that says Crack and King. Crack and King. Yeah. Mal made it for me, all right? It's, like... <laughs> it's handmade. <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, thus is the power of the Crack and King. It's now a sponsored segment. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I've too much pressure with the sponsor, you know. Well, you know, speaking of, shout out to the local card shop. Shout yeah, out. Yeah, love your work. Shout out. All right. A cerebral superstar, somebody does his homework when it comes to prepping for opponents and knowing their defensive tendencies. Translating film work to floor work, he quickly exploits weaknesses, finding space to hoist up shots, acting, excuse me, acing his exams. He has averaged more than 20 points per game for six straight seasons. Oh, six. Damn it. I was going with Trey Young, but six seasons got me. Nope. Not Trey Young. There are no extra clues, but it is all over oh. to you, Anthony Popskis. Just because you said cerebral, I, I'm just going to go with Kawhi. Uh, no. 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 All right. I'll start giving clues yes, to so. you're both back in. Uh, let's go with oh, – let's keep it real simple. President of the Players Association. Bucks. Yo. CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum, it is. Let's go. He's C- average 20 over 16. Jesus. Yep. He, well, you know, he was. Well done. Yeah. Uh, wearing a really, that really nice Oregon jersey um, mm. in that one. Uh, really nice season ticket card, that one. All right. Yeah, dude. Next card. Looking for superb outside shooting entering 2021 22. The Lakers found one of the best to ever do it in somebody. This 37 year old. Fo- yep. God damn it. Mellow. Yes. No longer in the league. Once again, Carmelo Anthony. And, there we go. And just like that. He's back. And just like tie that, game. we are tie game at three and a half apiece. Oh, <laughs> oh. The uh, first sponsored segment. <laughs> it's coming down, coming down to the last one. Who could have scripted it any better? Check uh, out the last two ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. All right. Coming off a campaign in which he set a career high with three and a half triples, somebody knocked down 3.3 trays in the 2020-21 season. Only three other players average at least 3.3 makes from downtown each of those seasons. Damien Lillard, Buddy Heald, and Duncan Robinson. In 2021-22 season, somebody should continue to snap nets as a new member, new member of the Pelicans. Snap nets. <laughs> um oh. 
who's new that shoots like that on the tails? Who snaps get, nets? Uh, it's not. No, it's not the same guy that we just had. Number. No, surely not. Four. Number four for the oh, Clips. Oh, Bucks. Oh, oh, Dean's in it? there. Josh Hart. Dean. Dean, incorrect on that oh. one. Anthony, Bucks. over to you. I'm pretty sure it's Devontae Graham. Oh, good get. And it is. Yes, in episode go. 90, Anthony Kopsikas oh. takes home a last-ditch, last-second win over Dean Channel, Osmond. Channeled my inner calves and came back from 3-1 down. You did, you know, and that's what we love about you. Yeah, and you know, you, you didn't have to get punched in the you know undercarriage to do it. So great yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or kicked, kicked. I'd like to point out. Well, you know, either way, it's going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's yeah. an undercarriage <laughs> <Yeah>. connection. <laughs> not ideal. Not ideal. Do not try that at home, mate. I just love the setup from the local card shop. Just yeah. to be able to get such a pack out there for the for the lads to really go head to head and. The better player lost. One. One. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, was, it really was a good pack, though. And they, uh, they came through with the Panini. Mm, the Panini contenders, 21-22. Uh, thanks again. Shout out to the local card shop. You know, get down there. Like I said, Wednesdays through Sundays, they are available. Go and see uh, Tennyson behind the counter and all their other lovely staff. But that is going to bring it, bring us to the end here today. It's been a heck of a show, Dino, and, you know, thanks again for jumping on, Crack'em King. You know, your title continues. Yeah. Title continues. Yeah. Street I'm lives. happy to, happy to, to hold the champs until no more. Someone, someone takes it over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I tell you to stop taking calls at quarter past nine yeah. on a Tuesday night because the guy on the podcast can't stop speaking. <laughs> hey, I'll let you get in a word or two. Oh, mate, I had, I had the time of my life. And Fantastic. I owe it all to you. <laughs> Shout out Bruce Palmer. Uh, all right, that is going to bring us to an end of another great show. Episode 90 is in the books. Uh, please do jump on the socials, like us, share us with all your friends. Do all those things. If you are listening on a podcast subscriber that allows you to do five-star ratings, please do go ahead and do that. It really does help the back end. Um, allegedly, uh, it helps from an algorithm point of view. Um, please jump on and do that. If now, rem, rem, reminder, I'll try that again. Reminder, MBL one season is just around the corner. MBL NBL Blitz, NBL One Blitz. Oh, well, let's go, indeed. It's not too far around. Tenth so, of March. Tenth of March. Before you know it, it'll be upon us. Get down there, watch your local teams, everything like that. We'll announce dates and uh, everything closer to who we're expecting. Might even do some tipping on it. You know, you never know. It's, it's just projections, just projections. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks for, again for coming in, Dino. Thanks again for joining us on the show. Uh, but in the meantime, till we see you all around in the digital space, just remember that ball don't lie. It does not. Peace.